Hello, everyone. Hi. Guess what? We're back. It's TVI. We back. I think I just heard my daughter cry in the background. Did you just say hit record? I think she's kicked off. Um, anyway, it's episode one one nine. I'm back in. I'm back in London, tan, mate. It came home. Came like yeah. Football didn't come home, but Carl Donnelly came home, and that's worse. That's worst. Sorry, guys. Football Sorry. nearly came home, didn't yeah. it? Sorry, I know you're, I'm not what you're expecting, but I'm here anyway. Um, but we are back on the same time zone, and it's good to be back. So we have just recorded an episode with the very funny Rachel Fairburn. You've probably heard her before. She's been my favourite. Uh, she has uh, a very funny podcast, an interesting one about serial killers called All Killer No Filler with uh, Kiri Pritchard McLean. She's a very good stand-up. Um, we talk quite a lot about um, death and uh, aging parents. All about parents. gigs, and we we talk about <laughs> talk about Julian's new stuff. Uh, <laughs> but um, we no. So basically, because yeah, we we talked on our, one of our Patreon episodes about. Uh, my parents, you know, my mum's got dementia and we got a bit deep, but, it, you know, we still kept it light and had a laugh. But, you know, Rachel heard it and she, we had a chat about some stuff and she, I was like, you know, you've, and you talked about your sort of your dad and things. And so we just thought, let's just have a little chat that's a bit, it sounds a bit serious, but we do, you know, I think we managed to somehow keep it light. But, you know, just quit. I suppose, is it a trigger warning to say people, this one talks about death and loved ones yeah, maybe. passing yeah. and like yeah. that thing of having to sort of care for parents as they get old. Exactly. It's so nice. if you ask, yeah, if you're going through it at a minute or something, it might be a bit close to the bone. But it's something, if it's something you've been through, then it's just what you need. You might want to hear other people talk about it. And, you know, maybe if, if it's something, you, you know, you haven't been through, but you know it's coming down the line. Get Listen. See see how other people have managed it. Share it. Review it. Yeah. Nice review of it. Obviously, yeah. not bad review. That's it. But otherwise, thanks to all our patrons for signing up. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash we are TVI. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter and all that business. Patreon. Uh, yeah, that's it. We're done. Enjoy. Enjoy. Bye. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome back to TVI. Carl Donnelly Hi. here. Hi, Julian here. Episode one one nine, and we're both in the, the UK. Penultimate UK, the penultimate one. <laughs> well, before we quit, <laughs> so, the big announcement. Julian just decided to quit live on air. Um, so this will be the penultimate one. One twenty will be the big one. What's penultimate um, mean? Second to last. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what did you think it meant when you said it? It just come when you say a number, you say penultimate afterwards, don't you? But you say it when it means the next one's the last one. So episode one twenty is a big one. We're going out. We've got Andrew Lawrence joining us. Uh, Andrew, how you doing, mate? No, um, no. so anyway, we, um, basically, it's we're back in. I'm back in the UK, so we finally are all talking on the same time zone. We're joined by guest comedian, podcaster, TVI favourite. TVI favourite, um, Julian uh, Dean, Rachel Fairburn. Oh, and Rachel, no, Rachel Fairburn is back on the podcast. Good to see you, see, mate. I've done, I've, you too. I've done this again, haven't I? So this is genuinely my fa- one of my favourite podcasts. Thank and you. whenever I'm on it, I never listen to it. So it's one of them where it's like, oh great, I have to sit a week out now. 
I mean, it's you weird. I, I don't. I don't listen to um, myself. I can't listen to myself. No, I, mean. I only or, listen or to Julian. me. Really. <laughs> so, so this podcast is my least favorite podcast. I only listen to ones I'm on. I just mute everyone else. <laughs> also, this I, said, I have to send well. Julian the file of just his audio so he can listen yeah. to it. <laughs> I can't listen to. So obviously, Kiri, you know that I do my my podcast yes, with. Very good. I, oh, can't, killer, I, no I can't listen to things that she's on. Really? And I think that's because I'm so used used to her. I don't know what it is. It's like it's not like I don't want to listen, but I just can't do it. I suppose it's almost oversaturation, isn't it? When you work with yeah, somebody yeah. all the time, like, yeah, apart it's... from this podcast, I, I couldn't give even Julian the time of day. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say hello speak. if I saw him in I the saw street. Saw him in the street the other day, pretending to <laughs> not see me. <laughs> wouldn't I don't have any time. I do that waving whatsoever. thing and then do my hair. <laughs> Couldn't care if he lives or dies, <laughs> but you know. But, but when we're on the podcast, great fun. We have a right old laugh. It's good, man. It's nice. It's a good working relationship. No, but yeah, I know what you mean. It is weird when you actually work with somebody. You, you do hear their voice a lot, isn't it? You know. Yeah, so yeah. It is. It would be weird if you were sort of yeah, desperately like, seeking out Kiri's appearances on other things. Well, that's it. Because we, obviously, we talk every day as well. And there's not a day goes by that I don't hear from her. Yeah, yeah. You can't so be listen to her on the news quiz or something. Then, it's like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick an episode of a podcast. Oh, she's on that. I'll listen because I kind of think I know everything about her already. It's like I'm, yeah, I don't feel like yeah, I'm not yeah. going to be surprised. Yes. Well, anyway, welcome back. Is what we're saying. Thank you. Um, just before we hit record, we had a couple of little bombshells. Julian said that he's recently received a review, a new review. What? Yeah. Um, just you before I said, let's not bring it up. <laughs> you didn't say, let's not bring it up. <laughs> didn't I? Um, so, what I mean, because obviously, what you don't have to tell us much about it. I ain't going to read it. You don't the review was that. good. It was just, it, it's just with that guy. It's just all. The other, I mean, the review was all right. It's just a few lines, but like, like he, I don't know. I won't go into it because people, the some of the acts don't read their, they purposely don't read them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I won't name it, but. He fuck He just bring. I don't know. I don't know. I've got nothing to say on it. To be honest, <laughs> luckily it doesn't sound like it's got under your skin at all. Um, it was more the other the review of uh, my friend who was on. Oh right, okay. Yeah. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, why would he bring that up? Why would he say that little thing in oh, it? Like, about I need what to know. I know what he's talking about, and every time he talks about that person, he has an attitude problem with them. It is mad. And he wore purple. I mean, I don't like what that guy does at all. No. And I I think he's too. um, His personal opinion comes into it far too often. Yeah. Uh, It's like sometimes he's like, when he talks about me, he hates. For some reason, he does not like me at all. Uh, He'll use sort of words like brassy. And, you know, uh, instead of saying, like, uh, confident, it'll say, like, brassy or yes. embracing or whatever. And it, it, it's like, it, it clearly, it's fine. He clearly doesn't like me as, as what, and whatever I do, and that's fine. But try and be a bit objective about it and don't be so prissy. But also, that, that bloody festival, Cambridge, I think I was there on the bloody worst night on the Friday. Everyone else seemed to have a better time than I did. I yeah, heard the yeah, Friday yeah. was... Um... It was I mean, I, I was there at like one in the afternoon, so it was almost, you know, you, you knew what to expect kind of thing. The crowd was like, there was a few people there, but, you know, it was a Sunday vibe kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because this we're talking. Mean, I've you know I've, I think we well, was it it was a Cambridge Comedy Festival we're talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was there on Saturday lunchtime and it was lovely, but mm. you know, it was um, very much. I, I mean, got, I took the I've roof clean lucky. off, but <laughs> took the roof off the, the sky. <laughs> it's an outdoor gig. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean that's it's, it is the, the the thing of reviews, isn't it? It's just best to just never. When pay I first any walked out, there there wasn't whatsoever. a mic there either. I was all tired, and, uh, and I walked out, and there was nothing on stage. I went, all right, and like, Who, um, and then they went, oh, sorry, and someone coming, the main one. Oh right. And there there was a little error there because they were going to leave a mic there. Then they were going to give me one to take on. Mm. And they changed last minute. Decided just to not give you one. (laughs) Yeah, and they went, oh no. And then they saw my stuff. I was like, he's better without a mic, I think. (laughs) He's better if people can't hear it. Uh, That is, um, yeah, it's... I also, I always think they're strange gigs like to review a festival gig because they aren't like, it's not a normal circumstance. As long as, if there is a reviewer, they should probably shelve a lot of their normal opinions. Yeah, and also contextualise it as well about, you know, yeah. like the time of day, the high ceiling. Also, you don't know what other people... Like, you know, if the audience... Every, the audience are on a total different wavelength. Mm. Most comedy shows, it starts at 8pm till 10pm. Everyone's everyone's booked a ticket for that time slot. They've had their dinner. They're going out. They're every, most, like, overwhelmingly, the audience are on the same wavelength. You do a festival gig... At, 3 p.m. that everyone is on a different wavelength some people went right through the night and they're on a flipping come down some people are sort of got kids so they've been up since six in the family tent and all that you know every single group of people you're performing to is on a totally different wavelength so you cannot gauge it as a normal gig a lovely, and then you add on setting, that outdoor it? setting it was because it's where the i didn't know until i got there i was looking around like this is a wicked site for a festival turns out it's a it's a ready-made site isn't it? it's where secret garden party used to be oh. so that's why there's already loads of stuff built into the, the woods and stuff but when I got there, I, it clearly was like the worst time to do it. It was torrential rain. Which did you do Friday? I did Friday. Oh, yeah. So we covered the weekend. I did Saturday when it was glorious sunshine. Um, oh, yeah. It, so Friday looks like the end of the world. It was horrendous. It was awful. There was only three food vans. One of them ran out of food. Fuck. Someone waited. Someone waited so an hour for It was just a van. <laughs> It, it was yeah. It was just a van, yeah. It's just a van there. It's a van with people outside saying sorry. Can we go and um, look at the van. <laughs> I'd have known that on Saturday. My merch would have been fucking pizzas. <laughs> Hi guys, if you enjoyed my set. I've got a uh, twelve pound sourdough pizzas for sale. But there was like um, it, there was one bloke wandering around who. Was just you like should have, you should have said hi. No, really. <laughs> no, we had no top on. It was pissing okay. down. He had a bucket hat and no top on, Good and he to was see walking around. Too. He was like, I don't know. Like he was like, yeah, this is a festival, so I'm going to act like I'm at a festival, even though it's not that kind of festival. Not that kind of festival. And he was just rubbing everyone up the wrong way, and it, I think there was about seven people um, at the uh, at the actual gig. But when I was waiting. For it to start, I was just sitting on the grass. You know, there's a really nice lake that you could have had a swim in. Yeah, if you yeah. And it was, I was just sat near there, and this guy walked past me with his girlfriend, and he went, "Yeah, we, we've, it's, we'll, we'll just see what it's like tonight because this is a Friday. This is when all the shit people are on." Oh, <laughs> so God. Like, that's, that's oh not even a real God. thing. That's not even a. When, did, when is that a festival tradition? I know, and that's Saturday, by the way, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know, when you just think this is this is awful, and then you just overhear that, and you think, oh, this is what these people think. This is horrible. Yeah, it's a weird vibe. Like it was, I, it was. A, I think it was a. It could be a great festival. Yeah, and it was. It was really fun when I was there. It was great, and I saw some lovely people. But it, was that, it had some of the classic first year teething problems at festivals. Always, every festival has it. Most festivals have teething problems for about two or three festivals. And then they suddenly go, right, we've worked it all out now. Like yeah. the food van is always, that's a classic one because, you know, you always over, you need to overdo it on food. You don't realize how fucking greedy English people are when they're at a festival. You just eat all day, innit? So I think that's always it one did, of It did look nice, the food. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. have any. Just, I just looked at it. <laughs> it was all like, it was all like, not really vegan. There was vegan stuff there, I suppose. I just, yeah. sure don't think that. Do you know? I noticed that. I don't think there was on the Friday, apart from the pizza. Everything else was like burgers, burritos, and I was like, oh, they've not got many sort of vegetarian. I reckon vegan a burrito. They probably they would have had a vegan I burrito. I reckon that's normally that's a good go-to for vegans at festivals. Hit, hit up the burrito stand. Um, I couldn't eat anything because I was suffering from a week-long bout of gastroenteritis that was one of the most brutal weeks I've ever... Like, I was so sick. Like, on Friday afternoon, I was literally in two minds as to whether to call and cancel Cambridge Comedy Festival and my weekend of gigs because I just hadn't eaten solid foods, basically, for five days. And I was weak and feeble, and I was all like... And then you got ill. (laughs) On top of that, man. So I called Julian for some advice on how to live like this. <laughs> just, and, uh, just crawl around, man. <laughs> and, uh, I, I basically, I called um, what a NHS direct because I was also bleeding from my anus. So we'll oh, say that, just to clarify, oh my not God. bad. Not this really is a sign of a good night, though. Uh, but it wasn't like, and it was the, it was, the, it, was, it sounds horrible to say it was the good one. Yeah, you know, I don't know if anyone knows much about bleeding from your behind. Definitely not. It's. <laughs> If it's black, basically, that means it's coming from like, you know, it's quite, it's, it, it basically could be a sign of internal bleeding. And I know oh, that. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because I had that when I was 23. Because it means it's old bleeding. blood, maybe. Yeah, it's blood that's worked its way through your intestine. If it's Ooh. fresh red blood, Beautiful. that means it's most likely a sort of... If it's salty. A, a cut, a cut, a tear, a sort of something that's happened. So, and cause I'd so had you diarrhea. just high five. Well, it's that. <laughs> yes. So I had red, I had quite bright red blood, little bits coming Ooh. out of my bum. And I called Ooh. NHS Direct. I got the funniest doctor. So first off, I had to speak to a normal person. They, they ch- chatted to me for about 20 minutes and asked me all these questions. Did you realise it was the wrong number? <laughs> <laughs> um, they said, so what would you want on your pizza? <laughs> And then uh, they got a consultant to call me back who was, uh, I, I couldn't, I reckon he's from Nigerian, but it could be another part of that region of Africa. But he was the coolest guy. Like, he called me back and he went, like, he goes, what seems to be the problem? And I sort of, I thought, I just, he, he said, he looked at my symptoms. He goes, talk me through it. And I told him, uh, I told him I'd come back from Australia. I got sick on the plane. Yeah. I've had diarrhea for a week. I've got blood coming out. And he went, oh, Jesus. Like, oh. He, goes, he goes, of course you have blood coming out your anus. You have had diarrhea for five days. <laughs> and he said, it in su- <laughs> he said it in such a calm manner. And, la- and he laughed that it totally put my mind at rest. 
And then he just went, he, I said to him, look, do I need to go to hospital or something? And he was like, oh, don't be silly. And then he just, he told me, he goes, look, you're going to go to the chemist. You're going to buy this. You're going to buy this. You're going to buy this. You're going to only eat dry toast if you need to eat something. You're going to grab you're me a sausage roll. And you're going to drink Dyrolites all weekend. And he basically just gave me this little kit to go and get. And I did it. And literally, I've been fine since. I've, been, I've still went crampy and that, but he just fixed me over the phone. It was the, he was the best, like... He was the best person I could have spoken to at that point. He was so funny. And at the end of the phone call, he went, he goes, look, take this as punishment for leaving us on this island and going to Australia. Like that. Oh, bless him. And he was just cracking up at me, like taking the piss out of me. But he was so funny. It just makes you feel nice. better, doesn't it, I bet. Just that. having a doctor just go, look, man, you're fine. It feels bad because you've been ill for a week, but you're going to be fine. That's all I wanted to hear. Did you start getting ill on the plane? That's like my worst nightmare, though. It was the end of the world. I started feeling rough at the end of the first leg. By the time, about oh, an hour in, hour or two into the long second leg, I was like, I had the shakes, a fever. I was in the oh. toilet, in and out of the toilet. And I had, no. we've got a toddler who's now walking, so she wants to just walk around and play. So I was just, I was in pieces for 13 hours. Oh, that, that is my worst. Like, I, I hate flying anyway. Yeah. It's a bit ill on a plane for that t- I, I just I think I'd have to go and kill myself in the toilet my mate my mate once got the worst case of food poisoning I've ever seen in India me and him were travelling around India and we were flying from South India to up to Delhi like right there we, were, we worked our way right down to the bottom of India and we jumped we got in a plane up to Delhi and He'd been winding me up the whole trip about how he, like how dangerous, like he thought he was accusing me of being really sort of carefree and just, I'd be buying food off any old fucker at the side of the street. You know, everyone says like, you've got to be so careful in India, man. And I was like, we'd be on trains and people would Someone come from- Someone buy that sandwich. I'd be like, so- people would be selling samosas on trains that they'd just get on at a stop that you stop at and they'd walk through with their homemade samosas. I'd just go, give me one of them, mate. Didn't get sick once. My mate uh, in, I don't know what airport it was down south, but he bought a samosa in an airport cafe, like proper glass case, everything looked like an, it was an official cafe. Like we got on the plane and within about 25 minutes, his stomach started making the worst smells of air. Like it was like sewage coming out of his heart. <laughs> At one point he, he genuinely did a fart that was like, everyone was, he, he was decided doing them and the, the time between them was getting shorter and shorter and he was getting more and more unwell. And like he was like, we, I'm, I'm talking about the whole plane stank, right? Because of his ass. <laughs> Oh, by the time we got to the someone other opened end, a window. By the time we got to the other end, he was in the toilet. By the time we got our bags, he was throwing up. Like it was this like two hour thing of going from well to he ended up in hospital within three hours. Oh my god! He was on a drip, everything. Like he Fucking got the hell. worst. It just this thing just ripped through his gut. He was he was bedridden for two days. Oh. And we were staying in the what shittiest place. Just food poisoning. Just just it just got him. Fuck, fuck, man! What, what, what is that? How does that? I had that in Greece once. I was it was a last meal of the holiday, and um, it was fucking horrible. This food, it was like, and then I got home and I'm talking to someone. They're at the bottom of the stairs, and I'm at the top and I farted, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, yeah. you know when it's like, yeah. oh yeah, shit, yeah. just yeah. mid conversation. <laughs> it's horrible, man. I've only had it that time, yeah. Like it was horrible, though. Yeah. So anyway, that's where I was. I've had that for the last week, but now I'm back in the game. Um, what is it like bacteria in food or something? A, I think I think Not there's a different. Like, I think food poisoning is genuinely just like 
some bacteria just kicks off. But I think gastroenteritis is a virus. It's actually, you could it's have sort of, caught it off someone else. It's a else. gut virus. You can catch it off anyone. It's really easy to pass on, actually. If you, like, you know, because if you're, if you're, basically, if you pass on your, if you breathe on somebody and you've got, like, the fucking shitty virus particles that you yeah. pass on, gastro is really, it, it goes around the house. If, you, if somebody gets it, you're all getting it, basically. But we were lucky that I got it, obviously, while traveling. And we had to wear a mask the whole journey. So I had a mask on for the whole sort of, 30 hours we were traveling um and was washing my hands all the time so i managed to not give it to hannah and twyla which was really good wow that's good because it could have been quite dangerous for a baby for a baby it? it'd be rough man it'd be so yeah. sad and hard for them but yeah anyway so but, but, but i'm back now my, my my bum is working correctly that's have you have you eaten something seeing it again Proper now. I've, eaten, eaten? I've had two days of eating relatively normally, yeah. So I feel sort of I've got energy again. It's that fear though, isn't it, when you've been sick and then you're like, oh, I'm going to try and eat this. And then you sort of so like trepidatious about it, aren't you? Like going, oh, I don't know if it's going to make me sick yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. You're paranoid, aren't you? I did it on a Wednesday. So on a Monday and Tuesday, I was basically in bed all day uh, and couldn't even consider eating something. On a Wednesday, I got this weird clearing where I felt all right. I thought I was like, I think I might be getting over it. And I ate, and then by Thursday I was gone again. I was just sort of back in the back in the shit. So yeah, this Monday yesterday was it was like a real morning of like, okay, I'm gonna have breakfast and see what happens. <laughs> and it was fine. I felt a bit, you know, still my stomach's still a bit crampy and getting over the carnage, but it's I feel alright. Suppose all right. you're, you're careful what you eat. You're not gonna like get uh, an Indian in or something, are you? N- uh, no. Although I did make a curry, so. You know, but I didn't make it spicy. I just kept it quite, just kept my spices nice and mild. <laughs> but anyway, so but, but what uh, one of the things, with Rachel, we were chatting about um, before, and we, we thought it'd be fun to talk. Not fun. Fun's the wrong word, isn't it? But do you mean like basically we had a conversation Lol. after me and Julian did a Patreon thing, chatting about um, our fa- our parents. You heard yeah. it, and you got in touch. You, you, we were messaging, so, and you were saying you went through a similar thing. So we talked about how we might do it in an episode. We'll do a normal episode, and we'll just mention it because some people might be going through Ooh. some stuff, right? Um, yeah. And that is basically, um, our, my parents are currently aging. My mum has dementia, and it's taken quite a turn while I've been in Australia. And my dad's health has taken a turn. In a quick update, basically, uh, his health has actually improved more than I expected. Uh, I went around to see him the other day, and he was he was all. I thought actually he's all right. He's lost a lot of weight. He's you know he's not uh, he's not that mobile or anything. But the, what, about a month ago, I was like, my dad is at death's door. I need to get back to the UK. And I think now he's he's going to tick along all right for a little bit. Mm. Um, but sort of it was that thing. We I've, you know is that. We were, to, we were talking about the reality of realizing that you're going to have to shoulder some burden for a while of your parents and burden makes it sound bad but i don't mean it like what i mean is the tables flip in it you get to an age i think as an yeah. adult when you're like right okay my parents are now of an age where i they need me more than i've ever needed them mm-hmm. yeah and, and julian went for a similar thing with his dad um and you've been you went through it with your grandparents yeah yeah so, yeah i mean i suppose let's start with that let's talk talk us through what happened with your grandparents so i was like i was brought up by my grandparents which which whenever i say that people always go 
oh god what's wrong with your parents yeah. <laughs> fuck all wrong with them but i just because we weren't as good as my living. grandparents you think it was just i was working mm. and they lived like across the road from my grandparents anyway which is a classic northern thing um so i just used to spend so much time with grand and granddad and I, I loved them to bits and i just loved spending time with them like and um it was just dead sound like they were just really lovely and um but it was one of those things like I, when I was um, a kid, I used to have this thing in my head. I was convinced, right? I used to think, oh, well, it'll be all right. Because when I get older, um, some will have in, someone will have invented an injection where it means that nobody will die anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to worry about people dying. And then as you get a bit older, you think, oh, fuck. I know people are actually going to die, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And my grandparents, like, they were old four grandparents. So my mum's like the youngest of six kids. And they were sort of... So when my grandparents died, they were in like the mid nineties. Um, but it was it was just that thing of like you start to realise like oh shit, they, they're old, but they're getting a bit more frail, and then you start to worry a bit more, don't you? Like my my granddad got quite ill and had like heart failure, and it was the the first doctor that came to see him missed it. <laughs> Right, yeah, I don't yeah. know he fucking missed it because he was like blue, Fuck. the fucking worst doctor in the world. So then he went into hospital for a bit and he was okay, but I don't know what something happened, and I, I think it was a psychological thing because up until then he was like a healthy guy for his age, and then he, he sort of went to hospital, and because he'd never been in, in hospital, he'd never he was never like an ill person. I think it sort of did something psychologically where he, he suddenly realised. Oh fuck! I'm old. Yeah, yeah, it does. And then yeah. it deteriorated after that. Like it was like it sort of it just given up. Yeah. And it was a big bloke as well. He wasn't like a frail little old man. He was like a big strong fella. And then it sort of fell upon like my my gran, who was a tiny little old woman, and sort of my mum and my auntie to sort of help out and stuff. Which, which you don't mind. You don't begrudge it at all. But you know, you start to notice you look around at your family and like people who'd be there every week coming for Sunday dinner and all that kind of stuff, they just sort of disappear. Start to disappear, mm. yeah. And then you don't hear anything from them, and it's and part of me is like, I wonder if it's because people don't like facing the fact of what's happening. Yeah, that's a part of it, isn't it? That's it's a big part, part of it. Well, then I do just think some people think, oh, I don't want to fucking do that. Yeah, there's nothing in it for them as well. There is yeah, a yeah, selfish yeah. element. Yeah, I'd say that. But I do think, it, and my, I'd say most people, it's more of a, a not being able to face the reality mm -hmm. of it and just being like, I just need to distance myself from it, as harsh yeah. as that sounds. Yeah. But, um, but that thing about one thing just kicking off them going from being like just older people to like old people. Yeah. My dad was like super like not fit he's never been like he's just a, he's always been a skinny little whippet of a man and he was very active he's out and about and he just um when he got to about 76 and he just had a fall he just fell over broke his collarbone in the street and that was it game over like since then he's just not he's walking just like you know he can't walk for, and he's and then his lungs started packing up because i mean he smoked for the best part of 60 years you know what i mean and he gave up smoking in his seventies, and then his lungs have started to pack up, and like, and it's just all happened at the same time. He went from being a sort of like this guy is in his seventies, but he seems like he'll live forever. To oh, this guy is an old man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's weird, and it I really do it think happens they very kind quick. of something psychologically like goes with them, doesn't it? Like they yeah. see 
how mortal they are and like they just kind of quit a bit in their head. I think so. I, I wonder as well if it happens more with men than it does with women that because men I, women live longer generally, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and, and I think so so like for example my, my grandma when she, you know, looked after my granddad and, and she was a really busy, active woman, even up until she broke a hip once, had an operation and then sort of, you know, wouldn't let anything get her down and she was constantly out and about being active. I think her frame of mind was like, I'm not, I'm just going to keep going and keep going. But I think men sometimes think, oh, fucking hell, that's Fuck it. it. <laughs> Fuck I'm it. done. Yeah, like, oh, Jesus. Especially well. that generation, I suppose. Once a man retires, like, that generation, the woman kind of holds the house together, doesn't she? Yeah. And like, there's more, yeah. kind of, she's kind of looking after everyone. Well, this is as well a generational thing. Like, my, my parents are like classic man woman like my mum's yeah. done everything my mum's my waited hand and foot on my dad his fucking <laughs> entire life like and i'm not saying that as a criticism they, they're products of their age aren't they right but like you know my dad couldn't boil an egg that's not even a joke my dad could not cook anything bit of toast max right make a sandwich but um you know make a cup of tea but he could not he cannot fend for himself and so like now my mum's got ill uh, and her, she's got to a point now where she's, you know, deteriorated to the point where she can't cook or do any of that business anymore. Um, you can totally see that my dad's like, what, what are we going to eat? Like, so they, you know, now sort of they'll go and pick up some stuff from Tesco's and it'll be like a nice ready meal and things like that. And, you know, they're, they're sort of surviving like that. But it's that amazing moment of my dad realising that he cannot do anything. Mm. And that is like mental to think like you can get to... 82 years of age and be like Fuck, i don't know how to i don't know how to cook a meal it's insane yeah, how does that, yeah i mean that's it's a, too, a bit late to learn as well isn't it well, yeah. <laughs> no, i've just booked him on a gordon ramsay course <laughs> <laughs> jamie oliver six gordon ramsay's gonna call him a fuckwit for two days he's gonna become a pastry chef <laughs> just around he's shouting at you fucking jesus christ <laughs> You can't fucking, right yeah. in his ear. All that peppered steak, you fucking idiot, Jesus. A scan in the bin. <laughs> Start again. Wow, wow. He always goes, wow, doesn't he? And he sees it. Wow, that is dog shit. Tastes like actual dog shit. Wow, fuck me. This is wow. awful. Fuck me. Wow. <laughs> That's really made me laugh. Do you know what I think, though? The thing I always think is like, my. Mum and dad, like, in the early 60s, really active with it. I mean, my dad's a bit odd, but other than that, everything's fine. Um, but then I think, like, so when my grandparents died, I was like, oh, this is fucking horrible. Like, this is, like, the worst thing ever. And then I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm going to have to go through this again. Yeah, 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 yeah. At some point. Like, it's not just you go through it once. It's like, oh, God, I've got it. And so... Like yeah. the thing is as well, I realised it a couple of years ago in Edinburgh. My parents came up to see me, and my dad. Um, I don't. So it's weird because like even though my mum and dad are still together, I, I speak to my dad, but I don't see him physically that often because yeah. he's always at work. He's a coach driver. He's driving around the country doing whatever it is he's doing. So I've not physically seen my dad for like two years. Yeah. And I saw him when he came to watch my show in Edinburgh a couple of years ago. I was like, oh my god, my dad's getting old. Yeah. It proper upset me because I was like 
oh, it's it's just it it's happening. It's happening again. <laughs> it's yeah, like he's gonna yeah, get yeah. old, and it, it just. I think the hardest was I don't. I know some people probably have a different view on it, but like I, I I'm quite uh, philosophical about death. So the idea of my parents dying doesn't trouble me as much as the idea of them going through that hard bit before like the few years yes. where life is really hard and mm. they're, they're sort of properly struggling to cope and like they're they're facing up to their own mortality i'm that bit is the bit that i'm most like concerned about than than them dying because i want well, you know that's ultimately that's that death is the most natural end to everything so i'm i'm sort of in my head i'm like i can deal with that i'll, I'll I'll have a little grieving so- process, move on, <clears throat> boom. But like, it's the watching the watching that come. I think is the yep. hardest part. There's something quite nice about, for me anyway, like the memories of being there, looking after my dad in his like last year or two. I've got quite nice memories of it. I don't know. I, really? I think I was. I think that's I was really good though. That's a nice thing to hear because I, I didn't. The, that's uh, not something I've thought about. At yeah. the time, it was like I was stressed, and I did it like six days in Edinburgh, and I was like panicking because it was all on my sister. She was losing her head a bit, but like, and I had to get back and stuff. whispered as if like she wouldn't be able to hear that. You still said it. Um, but, you know, like, and the, but I got, because I was very present then and I was just doing all the right thing. And when you're doing something for someone else as well, it, there's something kind of, it gives you a bit of energy, I think. I don't know, like, I mean, I'd get a call at like 2am and I'd have to go over there and he'd be like, I don't know, it's just all irrational dementia stuff, you know, but it was mm. like going to the hospital after work every day and then going to a gig and try not to take that to a gig. Yeah, when yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was just starting really as well. It was kind of like, but there was something like, I, I don't know, I don't know. It's kind of a nice memory of that time. Well, I suppose it's whatever something reason. like, you know, you don't, I think most, I the whole thing, that, you know, as a parent, uh, one of the biggest things I, I remember reading before my daughter was born that made that really stuck in here. I remember thinking, but that's a good thing to keep in your head. Is it said that pe- being a parent is to to basically sign up to being taken for granted for life? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because that is, you know, <laughs> no kids ever realise what you go through in that first probably, you know, I'd say probably the first three or four years when they it's you basically humbling, isn't spend it, your like... whole time trying to make sure they don't die. But you know what I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a constant, suicide watch, isn't it? It's constantly, and then once they then they get to school age, and then you've got to just sort of monitor their development and help them try and navigate becoming a person to live in the world. So there's so all that like it's so much work that it was never you're never going to get thanked for it to the level that actually the amount of work you put in. Obviously, there's parents that don't do their job, and they're you know. Like my don't parents, bring me into it, man. Like. My parents are like sort of. My parents weren't the best at being parents, but they still kept me alive, and they got me to they still this, loved they, you, they, you know and they I got mean? me to adulthood, and I'm a mm. functioning, decent person. So they obviously did something right, yeah. even if you know. There's times where I look back and I'm like, right, that they were going through some shit, so they probably couldn't put the effort in that you'd expect. But like, you know, I think there's something about that helping them out when they get towards the end. Mm. Part of me is thinking it will pay them back some of the. Some yeah, of the, I, for some of the you know what work they did. Yeah, I agree with you, Julian. Like, so when my sort of granddad was not great, and um, so it was me, my mum, my auntie, who and my sister, who sort of took it on to have a little rotor and you know make sure that my gran was supported, and you know there was always usually someone there or helping out. And I sort of I was working at a tourist information centre at the time in Manchester, so I changed my hours at work, so I had like two days off together and I'd spend that, that time with my grandparents 
And it was never like, because at the back of my mind, I was like, well, this is not forever. And I think you need to appreciate the time that you're going to have with them, even yeah. if it's a bit fucking stressful and a mm. bit, you know, like, oh, this is quite hard. Um, but then there was like really good times. Like most of it, I'd say 8% of it was a nice time, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it, it, sometimes when people maybe haven't had that experience, I think, Sort of maybe some of my family sort of think, oh, I wish I'd have done that, or I wish I'd have helped out a bit more, or I wish I spent more time with them. Um, it's like uh, I don't know. It's sort of a. I mean, there was because I really liked spending time with them anyway. Like there'd be Saturday nights where I was going to go out with my mates, but and then I'd cancel because I was like, I'll just sit in with my grand, grand and granddad and watch casual. Yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah. you just know at the back of your mind because you know one day you realise I was like, well, during the late 80s early 90s now they're not gonna be here forever yeah yeah and i think it, it and you wanted to catch up on casualty as well exactly i want to see casual <laughs> but i do think as well like what you were saying carl i don't have this thing about death either i don't i don't worry about dying i worry about someone suffering before yeah you die that kind of thing mm. and like not having you know like an easy transition of death that's the thing that i hate the idea of like yeah. my mum's so like honest though and dramatic she said to me and my sister she's like the minute i cannot wipe my own ass i'm taking an overdose well that's my mum has always said my mum has always said she'll kill herself yeah like it, it and that's, that sounds horrible like some people might find that a bit hard to hear but like my mum's sort of she's had a lot of mental health problems in her life and she, so she's she's well aware of how dark she can get when <laughs> she's in a bad like place um, and she's just uh, flat out has said to me so many times in in my life that she actually she's said a lot a lot of times if she ever gets dementia she'll kill herself and like as yet she hasn't um, you know lived up to that promise <laughs> to use that, that phrase but you know uh, she you know it was, it's quite a hard thing to hear but yeah she's always been so candid about like I'm not gonna be in a old people's home just walking around not knowing who i am i'm gonna just do it, get the job mm. done so it's like i suppose having a mum like that taught me when you've to got dementia deal with you don't like, know you've death, got it i guess yeah i mean you are in the early days she's not very, that you she, want her to kill herself and go through with that but no like, no no but she yeah, might be she, happy with dementia my, my dad had that and he I mean, was she's, like she's panicky not, and you know minute. when they're stressed out it was horrible she's in that phase at a minute my mum's in the phase where it's all very stressful because she's yeah she's aware that she's got it and she is aware that she's losing her capabilities to do anything and it's it's hard you can see the stress mm. really wearing her down i i, I went to the registrar because my dad was in st thomas's for like the last four weeks and i and there was this young registrar there, and like, and I said to her, "Can you not just give him some? You got anything you can like give him some morphine or yeah, like?" Yeah. And she went, you know, and I was explaining to her like he's really stressed out, and she said, "Look, I'll see what I can do." And I came back the next day, and he was like just all dreamy, and it was just so <laughs> nice because I'd never seen him drink or do drugs or anything. Yeah, but it was just this hotel's nice, isn't it? And it was just such a relief. Yeah, yeah. That he was yeah. at least he was feeling happy. Because it was horrible. Like, I was getting ready to break him out. I was like planning it, yeah. Like get running him out in a wheelchair. It'd have been quite fun, but I don't know what I would have done after that. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was like. But the 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 doctors are when I remember like like the couple of days before he died, they they pulled me and I was outside his room and the registrar's there, and she's saying to me, you know, he's in a bad way, etc. 
And she said, now, they, they ask you that resuscitation question, don't they? I didn't know, like, I've never been, I'd never even knew that, that you choose that. So and they do were not like, resuscitate or do, yeah. or do. Yeah, and they yeah, were yeah. like asking me. And I'm like, and it just, that's a fucking horrible question, man. And question I'm like, to be asked. And I started to get choked up and I'm like, and I couldn't really talk because of this fucking bombshell. Yeah. And she's just being really cold. Oh, <laughs> I just man. wanted her to fucking hug me, man. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like this educated registrar, just uh, being really factual oh, about man. it. She didn't know how to react. And I was yeah, like, yeah. it's a big but, question. Yeah. How do you answer so that? So, do you want, yeah. if he's going to die, do you want us to bring die. him back or just let him die? <laughs> Um, you know, can you make him live? Is that all right? Can you do that? I mean, <laughs> is that an option? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he might, might as well keep him alive then, if that's good. Is that all right? Right, so there are only two options, death or living. Right, okay, let me just, can I have a minute? Is that all right? But it was, but then, but some, you know, the resuscitate, they can damage them resuscitating mm. them, can't they? Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Not as and much I as death will damage them, I, know. I suppose, <laughs> so when, you actually, when you crunch the numbers. <laughs> have a look at the stats. <laughs> a look at the graph. But they, um, I said to her, whatever she thinks, like, just, you know, like, I trust them. <laughs> I mean, because I've, I've not got a GCSE, honey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is just kind of sometimes you just sometimes just got to let someone go, haven't totally, you? Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. just, you know, like my, one of my best friends, her mum died of motor neurone disease, and it's the most fucking hideous disease. Oh, and she yeah, was just, bad. She was just like, I just, like, she got to the point where she was just like, I just want her to die because, not because obviously I don't love her, but because it's fucking horrendous yeah, to yeah, watch yeah. somebody have to go through that like it's it just she's it just feels so cruel doesn't it yeah when that's what just, always like i never understand i mean at least they could just pump them with morphine so they're all fucking happy and dreamy yeah. and uh, it's a hard one because you know like I, it, it's give me some as well you don't know how you'll feel at that point you know some people like you know they have an accident and they end up in a total like vegetative state mm. and their families just keep them on in on a you know Mm. What, what do you call it the respirators life, and all that and yeah. your life support for like ever thinking like that you know their hope is that something will happen to improve it you know whereas a lot of people i think would be like you know just let them go do you know what i mean but you could there's no you can't really judge anyone for either there's no you're not being callous doing either one are you they're both no, them that's good it, intentions that's it, it. Quite... sorry Rachel. no go on go on no i just interrupt sorry I can't remember what I was going to say now. I think it was, was something really I, profound, actually. Yeah, <laughs> You're going to cure death. Yeah. But I um I remember when um it was quite funny at, at, like I saw the humour in it a little bit like when my sister rung me I was just getting ready to go and see my dad uh, uh the hospital and um my sister rang me and said he's passed away so I rang the hospital straight away and the um, the nurse was like. No, oh no, he's not passed away. I was like, oh, Jane's a fucking idiot. Yeah. And like, how would she get that wrong? And then, um, and then she came back to the phone. She went, oh no, he has. Yeah, he died. Yeah. <laughs> but when she, she was so like, oh, at first she's like, oh no, he's sitting up. No, he's fine. He's sitting up chatting. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I'm coming up to see him. And then she go, and then she came back like, oh no, he has. He's died. <laughs> oh it was God. like fucking hell. So such a mistake, isn't it? 
Yeah. My gran went and uh, so you know when so when my, she was looking after my granddad, he used to go into like a a care home for like four days every so often, like respite care. Yeah. My gran went round telling everyone who was in a hospice. I was like, not hospice, respite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like, I'll keep getting them mixed up. So she went to loads of the family that was in a hospice, and everyone's like, oh my god, is he he's dying? What's wrong? I'm like, no, it's just respite. She keeps getting them mixed up. Wow. <laughs> <Like, laughs> But also, at the same time, I was like, well, he is 92 in a way. He is dying. So, you we know, it's not going to go on forever, is it? No. It's, um, yeah, that's the, that, that's the reality of it. Yeah, you know, And it's also, it's easy to sometimes think, like, when you're going through it, that you're the only person who's been through it. And it's like, this is something that's so common, especially nowadays, because people are living longer. You know, it does feel like, generationally-wise, it used to be people just got old and died, didn't it? And then, but now it's sort of a much more protracted experience. There's a bit more of a taboo around death in like Western countries. You, you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can go your whole life without seeing a dead body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've only seen one, and my dad, and like, like everyone dies in some countries. They have the bodies out, don't they? I think there's yeah. a bit more acceptance. Not that. I mean, I wouldn't want that though, to be honest. I don't want to just. I don't want to just. The scary. Spooky dead bodies. Spooky everywhere. dead guy. <laughs> Get away. <laughs> Watch too many I, fucking I, I, zombie films. I've never seen a dead body. Like when my grandparents are in the the funeral home, it was like I don't want to go and see that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm very good. Like if if I know someone's dead, I'm very good at getting my head round. They're dead. Well, yeah, I get it. I understand the yeah, concept. Like I, I don't need. I don't. Want, I don't want evidence. <laughs> I did. I did go into the room and just sit with him for a little while, and it was, it was kind was of. It, what was it like? That. Um. It Spooky. Was kind of... <laughs> no, it wasn't. Sorry. <laughs> he opened his eyes and went. Nah! When it, it was quite funny, actually, when he was in the hospital, um, I went over. To, this was when because he was in and out of hospital a little bit. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. very resistant again. He was going on mad ones and like leaving and go- he went to three different hospitals because he didn't like that they said he had cancer. So he just goes, I'll go to another hospital. But like he was going a bit mad. But he was in that one in Paddington. Um, oh yeah, Queen Mary's, it, is it? Yeah, Queen Mary's. And I went in there and I, um, when he was laying down, I did that thing over his eyes as a joke like that. Yeah. Just to, so he thought he was dead. <laughs> but he was... <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was it was just a like he had that kind of sense of humor it sounds a bit like it sounds horrible but it wasn't it was fun um but what yeah that feel i suppose there's that yeah that, that feeling of sitting with them after some people that is a it was nice and I, I an did, important thing to do i think yeah i like kissed his head and like said stuff to him yeah yeah <laughs> I feel a bit melancholy. I know. Well, it is. It's a melancholy thing to talk about, but it's also nice. I'll turn my camera real, off for a sec. <laughs> no, really. I, what, one thing I can't I got sank in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> You're crying. I'm not crying. <laughs> but I, I yeah, it was, it was very heavy. And I think the, like, the, when I say it was not, it was so profound. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, isn't yeah. It? It's so, so deep within you. The core of you is kind of like... You see mortality. You know everyone's gonna die. Like you're gonna die as well. It's so, so profound, yeah, and there's so yeah. many layers to losing a parent. Because what were you gonna say there, Rachel? Sorry. Sorry, Rachel. Oh, burial. I can't cope with it. Like my grandparents were cremated, and like my uncle who died was cremated, and I'm, I'm fine with like get rid of that body. Yeah. Don't put it in the ground. I know. 
I'm yeah, not, really? I don't, I don't mind the stuff. I don't mind. I used to be dead against burial when I was into like cremations, but as I've sort of like, I quite like the idea of just just rotting into the earth oh, and no. just... but cremations are a lot easier afterwards as well because you go and like if you're going to take flowers you visit a plaque or you can have them at home you have a yeah. maintaining a grave is kind of yeah, like oh yeah, right yeah. now i've got an allotment <laughs> <laughs> can't even grow any veg on it either <laughs> um but that, i was because I, I was going to say was about that thing of i've never seen a dead body but i've had you know, I've obviously had grandparents die. I've had uh, my uncle died two years ago. Like my, I've had other uncles and that die. I've had um, like one, one, a very good friend of mine died. And I, there is something in that. Like I, I remember, I remember the last time I saw my mate in hospital before he died. He died like the day after, and he thought he was going to be all right. Uh, but I, the moment I saw him and left the hospital, I knew he wasn't. I, I knew that was the last time I was ever going to see him. And it was, pu- and I don't know why, you know, it, I could just, the doctors weren't saying he's going to die in the next few days. They, they were staying, there was still like, hope that he could be, you know, saved. Uh, but you can just, you can, there's something you can tell when somebody's, it's almost you like. You can kind of see when someone's on their mm. last legs. It's like almost their eyes some, are something sunken. has left. It's almost something that's already started leaving their body. Yeah. And same with my mm-hmm. uncle. I saw my uncle and he was convinced he was going to be fine. He had quite a major stroke. And I just saw him and we were chatting and he was so, you know, when I say chatting, there was very little communication really, but you know, he was sort of trying, but I could just see it. I was like, this isn't, he's not all in there anymore. It's like some major part of him has already left. And it's a really weird feeling. It's quite, it is quite a profound feeling to like go, right, that is, death ain't just the lights going out. There's something else going on. Definitely. We're more than our bodies. Yeah, man. Um, I think that's true though if you cut your hand off you're still you aren't you like your body's just a vessel man (laughs) thanks for that Julian you're you're Um, welcome but my my dad just the day before he died actually he sat up and he looked and I like he was lying kind of asleep and I was at the end of the bed and he I looked around it was quite spooky actually he was sitting up like looking at me with like wide eyes right And it was like he was just taking me in for the last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then the next day he died. Yeah, yeah. It was it was quite like like a weird moment. Yeah. It was weird when my granddad died. He sort of like he'd been sort of not himself for so long, and then the day he died, like it wasn't expected that he was going to die, other than that he was an old man. He was like all right, and then it was like the best of. Yeah. Like, doing all his old jokes mm. he was telling us stories that he told us and i was like oh my god he's he's great today like this is the best he's been in ages like and the then encore he, he encored and went right and i'm out yeah, of there it's yeah, my best yeah. gear take it everyone easy. was like well this is amazing well he's just told that joke he used to tell all the time oh and he's talking about this and he's asked for this for dinner and all that kind of stuff and it's like i'm convinced that there's something in that yeah convinced that he, like maybe part of him knew or maybe it was just giving a little bit of yeah you know who was he with when when he died was he with anyone or yeah yeah he was with uh he just he just he just dropped dead which is like i think the best way that he could have gone to be honest with you yeah he was with with my grandma and i came home a bit later on and he was she was panicking because she was like oh I was like, oh, I think he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, I know he's dead. Uh, and it was like, 
I don't know, it was such a, a weird thing because I got a really weird feeling that evening. I was like, I feel like something's going to happen. It's probably like the only time I've had sort of a, a mild sort of spooky experience where I was like, I feel like something's going to happen and I can't put my finger on what it is. I just feel really weird, like, I don't know. And then that that was what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think it was the best way for my granddad to go because he would have been so pissed off to have been like a frail old man dying in a hospital. Yeah, yeah, he just yeah. went in to make a cup of tea, came back into the living room and just dropped dead. Yeah. Perfect, which is, is how I would like is, to go. Because people yeah. don't really drop dead anymore. It's like, that is... That's that funny, is, that phrase, isn't it? Drop, drop dead. dead. That is, that's, the way, that's the way to go, I think. Just bang, no, I think you're it out is, of yeah. here, laters. I'd like to. I'd like to go somewhere really inconvenient, like the middle of a supermarket or something. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. With some lazy guys doing the shelves, and he's got to fucking take control of the sitch. <laughs> Put his mind wet floor signs around you. <laughs> but I gave. It gives you a. New, I, I think like it gives people like you. You don't take old people for granted as much mm. after that. Yeah. You know, like. Because you kind of, you know, you see old people around or whatever, but they've lived a whole life, you know what yeah, I mean? They've, yeah, they haven't yeah. always been old people. No. And um, it, it definitely made me look at old people, like, you know, just massively more empathetically and stuff after that, going through right. that. Yeah. I've always been like that. Like, I've always been a sucker for old people. And, like, yeah. I know some old people. I just assume that all old people are nice because my grandparents were nice. Right. I've got, but, like, my boyfriend, it sort of, because mad at me because I had this thing where if I see an like an old man in a cafe eating his breakfast on his own, I get really upset because my, I just my sh- wife Hannah does exactly the same thing. She creates this whole story in yeah. her head about them, like oh their wife died ten years ago, yeah, and they come here I... every day because it's where they used to have breakfast. Exactly. Like, oh, oh, he might literally have a wife at home he hates, and he's like, "Fuck, yeah. I'm out of here to have a fucking fry up," you know. Could go and like have a sit say. down and chat to them and listen to their stories. He says to me, pretend like, you're listening, not really. But then he might like, be like, who's this knob joining me? I'm having a breakfast. Which is patronising yeah. for me to, wish, and I'm like, yeah, I know that, but I can't help it. Like, if like an old lady or an old, or an old couple, like, I sometimes fucking burst into tears. I can't mm. watch. It's it's so annoying. I can't watch like um, I remember watching like 24 hours in A and E once, and it was this old man who'd fallen over and his wife was there. I just started crying. I just couldn't stop because I just yeah. can't bear the thought of it. Like. Anything with old people. And then I just think, oh, fucking hell, I'll be an old person one day. And I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. No, and it's that weird. A lot of old people have got like a wisdom and a peace and a happiness, haven't they? Like they're not all like sad and desperate. Yeah, I I know, I know. It's it's, it's so, it is patronising me to think like that, but I just can't, I don't know what it is. It just makes me so sad. Yeah. But, you know, they'll be all right. Everyone's, everyone's been through it, innit? Everyone, you know, not everyone, but everyone who dies in old age, like there's probably been billions of them. So <laughs> there'll be billions more. We're I can't gonna, imagine. We're all going to go through it. I can't imagine Julian as an old man. I can't either. He'll still be dying, his beard, dying his beard and taking <laughs> testosterone tablets when he's not. Don't take testosterone. <laughs> no, but you said you're going to in old age. I'm going to in old age, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know you weren't saying that. I was just that was, I was just getting that across to the listeners. <laughs> Uh, uh, but anyway that's we should wrap it up it's been a very fascinating conversation um thanks for coming on it's called old people stink this episode (laughs) 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 
Oh dear. Lovely stuff. Um, anyway, we'll keep people. And if anyone's been affected by any of the subjects covered today, uh, don't email us. Don't you, just you know, you'll be all right. It's going to be all right. It. Enjoy life. It might be our only. One. Might not be. Might not be, mate. Might be. Uh, but I've, anyway, normal ending business. People can listen to All Killer No Filler. Yeah, that's out there. You're Wherever doing any you more listen live to shows? Because you, did you do a big one, or you, did you do it already? The, uh, the we've one done at the it. Forum. Kent, Kentish Town Forum. That's been and gone. Amazing, uh, amazing venue. That it's great, isn't it? It's lovely yeah, there. Yeah. Um, then we we're doing Edinburgh, but I think that's that's sold out. Uh, and then the next one after that will be Christmas. But I, I'm supposed to be going on tour in September at some yeah, point, yeah, so sure. that'll be put on i'm just everything that's, that's booked in now i'm still a bit like is it going to happen absolutely i, still can't be confident. I think I'm, it will happen i'm yeah i've everything i've got in my diary for the rest of the year i'm still like that ah, probably won't happen even though yeah, yeah, I, I just, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just not allowing myself to think it's all set in stone because yeah that's what i'm like i'm just a bit but mm. yeah we just gotta keep our fingers crossed but um but yeah but people can go and see you on tour they'll follow you on social media and then they can they can um, buy tickets when they go on sale to see they, they in, can. in their towns. And Julian, what's go? What have you? Any we we just thanks to all our patrons, new thanks patrons, to our new patrons. Um, where are we gigging? Where are you gigging this week? Let's tell people where we're gigging this week. This will go out today. I'm in Guildford on the morrow, Thursday, and Manchester Friday. Ooh, Lovely. where are you, in Manchester? Um, is it? Is there an outside thing up there? Like. Hope something. Oh, oh, the home thing. Home. Uh, yeah. Is that on Friday? It's usually on uh, Sunday, that. Yeah, it's Friday, yeah. Ooh. I'll find Lovely. out. I think this might be an outside gig. Yeah, but... um, Sorry, I'm just taking ages looking. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just have a uh, Google, innit? You go- oh, yeah, tell people. Oh, you can Google it. You'll probably share it on social media. Yeah. I'm at Top Secret and Vauxhall Comedy Club this weekend. So oh, that's a nice little town. Say hello. Lovely little, lovely little uh, gigs. Um, anyway, that's it. Rachel Fairburn, thanks. Thank you for having me. Thanks coming for coming. Back on. And um, and that's it. We'll see you all next time on thanks TVI. For Bye. <laughs> Oh, I'm a dive aid in an alleyway. <laughs>